You cannot put forth your mission. You cannot send that message forward unless you are making money. Because if you're not making money, you're having to spend time at a full-time job or you're having to do everything yourself. You can't outsource. You can't delegate. So you have to make money in order to really put forth good into the world. That's just unfortunately kind of how the world works. You have to have a roof over your head. You have to be able to take care of your necessities so that you can then focus the majority of your time on building this impact. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. I have a big secret for you. You do not have to struggle for years to create a profitable and purposeful business that you actually enjoy showing up for every day. It takes three things to create relatively fast results, clarity, focus, and intentional actions. These are the three things I continue to provide support and accountability for, for my private coaching clients, and it's work that seriously lights me up. And it gives them accountability, guidance, strategy, and massive mindset shifts along the way. If you are ready to give up the struggle and have your best year yet in the year ahead, then apply today for my one-year private coaching program. From March 2019 through March 2020, I'm working deeply with just a handful of driven, passionate, and determined women entrepreneurs who are ready to step into their greatness and finally see the results they know that they deserve. And as of now, just six more spots remain. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program and how it can benefit you, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year and apply today. P.S. Yes, I'm totally on maternity leave right now as you're listening to this. And yes, I am responding to applications as they come in. They are so much fun to read. I know that you have a big why, and I know that you have the fuel inside of you to make the shift from just getting by to truly having the business of your dreams. And that is what I'm here to support in my one-year private coaching program. I can't wait to see your application. bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Intentionality. That is the theme of today's conversation with the amazing Tanya Dalton. She's the founder of Inkwell Press, a company that provides products and services for women who want to be more productive and purposeful with the things they value in life. She offers customized planners, journals, notepads, and educational courses that can help you spend your time in the most important places in your life. After years of growing a quote-unquote successful business, She realized she wasn't fully fulfilled by it the way she really wanted to be. So she did something that takes a lot of courage. She spent the time to get really clear about who she is, what she really wanted to do, how she wanted to make an impact in the world, and created a business that reflected all of that. She completely stopped her old business, a company that was paying the bills for her household, 
and turned all her attention onto growing her brand new company, Inkwell Press. The intentionality and therefore the actions she took to launch that business paid off. She launched her planners to the world in 2014 and within 18 months had grown it to a seven-figure business that was run by just three employees, herself, her husband, and one other employee. And she hasn't looked back since. During this conversation, Tanya delves into how to get intentional with your business, your products, and your marketing, and how that can create massive results. How she stays connected to what she calls her North Star, and why that bleeds into everything that she does. The difference between a loyal customer and a returning customer, it's a really interesting distinction, and her secret sauce for creating more loyal customers. She also talks about the practical breakdown of how she organizes her days, her weeks, her months, and her years so that she can constantly be purposeful in how she's showing up to her business and her life. Tanya is literally the embodiment of everything I believe and take action on in business. And that is that when you approach your business from the inside out, starting with your values first, then results can happen fast. I absolutely loved this conversation, so much so I actually get really flustered during <laughs> during one of the moments here with Tanya because I was so engrossed in exactly what she was saying, and I know you are going to be too. I fell in love with her, her mission, and the products that she has, so much so immediately after this interview, I went and bought one of her planners, and I am loving it because it is a productized version of everything that I believe in, intentionality in business, intentionality in life, and really living a life that is holistic. So I know you're going to love it. If you feel as compelled to go get one of her planners, go check it out. I'll put the link here in the show notes. Tanya, what's going on, girl? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk to women and entrepreneurs, and this is totally my zone where I love to be. This is so up your alley. And it's worth noting that, you know, I just want to have a little business lesson here. I told you this before we hit record. From the vantage point of like how to represent yourself and your business and your mission and what you're all about via your website, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who does it as well as you. And I say that with true authentic love. It is so beautiful. And I was ridiculously in love with you before we even got on this call. Like you just did such a great job. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That really means a lot because obviously your website is the first thing people, that's their way of meeting you initially. So um, I really appreciate that. It's one of those things where I think because I'm so clear on my mission and my vision and my core values that it really drives everything I do in my business, including what my site looks like and how people basically meet me through my site. So thank you so much. Yeah. I love that vantage point too, because sometimes we as, as women entrepreneurs can think like, oh, the website, like it's sort of like the thing that we always feel like, oh, we got to update that. Oh, it does, it's not good enough. And it, it becomes like this lag on us and our brand. Right. So I love that vantage point of like, this is a way that people who don't already know you get to meet you. So how are you going to represent yourself there? 
Yeah, I think it's so important. It's kind of like putting a little bit of lipstick on before you go in to meet a group of people. You know, it's making sure that when people introduce themselves to you, which is what they're doing when they land on your site, they have the full representation of who you are and not just who you are, but what you're there to give them. Because Mm -hmm. I'm really big on this idea of you're giving something, you are solving a problem for them. And so I think that's really important that that convey through our website. And it is easy so easy to get beaten down in the logistics of technology and it's always changing and Google's always doing this and that and the other. But really when you think of it in terms of this is a meeting place for you, I think it really shows how important it is. I feel that way too with my customer happiness team. And that's my front line. When people are communicating with my brand, that's the first people they usually talk to. And that's why I think it's so important to make sure that all of these communications that we have, whether it's through email or you know chat or through the website, that it really conveys you and your brand and really the messages that you want to convey because your brand should be present in everything. It should just shine through without you having to shove it down someone's throat. Yes, I love that. It's not a surprise with terms that you're using like customer happiness team. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're very big about like who you are and representing your brand, like it's not going to be a surprise that this conversation is going to revolve around how you do things differently and how you've really discovered that from the inside out. So I really want to start at the moment. You had serious growth in your business. Yes. <laughs> over the course of an 18-month period. And I just am identifying that particular period because within an 18-month period, you went from not so much revenue to... Yeah, from launching. Yeah, from launching to like a seven-figure business. And you did it with three employees, two of whom were you and your husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so there are so many so many components here that I feel like, number one, there's such a mindset thing that most of us women have or women business owners have, which is like, oh my God, seven figures, that's so big. And in order to get to seven figures, I need to have a staff of 20, 30, 40, 100, whatever it is, right? So that's kind of one thing. And then such a short time period. So I would love to start with what happened in that moment (laughs) when you first started this that you can now look back and attribute that massive growth to. You're right. People do think you have to have a massive team or you have to have a lot of capital to get there to a seven-figure business. And really, it boils down to one word, intentionality. And really boiling it down and distilling it down to, as I said earlier, it is all about my mission. It is all about the vision and the core values and filtering everything through that. This business is not my first business. So I started my first business around 2008 as just a side business. And I ended up growing that to the point where my husband could quit working in corporate America and come work alongside of me, which was my goal with that business. And it grew and I liked that business. I liked that I worked with my husband on that business. Mm -hmm. What was that business? It was uh, wholesale jewelry. Okay. So I was making jewelry, which is a great business to do. But it was one of those things where I hadn't started it intentionally. Um, I started as a side business. And then I purposely grew it so that my husband could come work alongside of me because of a conversation that we had, which is another story about how he really wanted to spend more time with the family. And so that was how I ended up growing that business. What I loved about it was I loved the lifestyle it afforded us. It allowed us to really be more hands-on with our kids. It allowed us to move to a place we really wanted to live, which is Asheville, North Carolina. But I didn't love what I was doing or what I was putting forth into the world, the impact I was creating. And so I had to stop and 
make a choice. You know, am I going to continue doing this even though it pays the bills, which really is important because my kids like to eat three meals a day. (laughs) (laughs) But do I keep doing this or do I really stop what I'm doing and figure out what I do feel passionate about? And that's what I did when I started Inkwell Press. I spent some time really discovering what was important to me and what is part of the heart of what I want to do in this world. And so through that, I've targeted three things. I loved empowering women. I was doing a lot of small business consulting, training other women to grow their businesses. I love productivity because that's what allowed me to grow my business so that my husband could work alongside of me. And I really love teaching. I used to be a teacher. And so I knew I wanted to do something where education was a part of it. So I created Inkwell Press to connect those three dots that seem totally unrelated and yet are all really a part of the fiber and the fabric of who I am. And so when we decided that we were going to open up Inkwell Press, I closed down my other business, went without any income for quite some time. For how long? For about six months. Quick question here. So as you were really getting really clear on what is my mission? What do I want to do? What are these values? How do they lend themselves to a business? Were you doing this alongside the business that you were working? That's what I started off doing. And I was gotcha. thinking I would grow that business. I would keep that business going, keeping it moving. And you know, I wouldn't say stagnating, but continuing along the path it was going without worrying about growing that business. And I Got would it. open up this new business being Inkwell Press. I really began to see that I needed to dedicate my real focus to Inkwell Press. And the other business was just one of those things where it was tugging and pulling on me. It was becoming this almost like an irritation, which is hard to say because when you grow a business, that's another child. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, that was basically my third child. I'd given that business a lot of blood, sweat, and tears as we all have when we're growing our businesses. But that's really when I began to focus on this idea of intentionality, of really actively choosing where I want to spend my time, where I want to spend my energy, and where I want to spend my focus. And by scattering that and putting it over both of those... I found that I wasn't going to be able to grow Inkwell Press the way I really wanted to and the way I believed it needed to grow. So I had to make the very difficult choice to stop and to say no to that business so I could say yes to the business I truly felt fulfilled my passion and fulfilled my purpose, which I know I say that and yeah, that's what I did. It seems easy. It's not easy. It's incredibly difficult. I cannot tell you the river of tears that I cried making that decision. It was not easy. But it was the right decision. It was the right choice. And that's something that when I'm talking to women about, when we're talking about productivity, it's not the easy times when it's to say no, you know, the black and white times. It's when it's gray. It's when it's a good choice, a better choice, and a really good choice. How do you say no to good choices? And sometimes you have to, and that's not always easy. But generally, if you feel like you understand the direction you really want to go in and where you want to grow, it becomes easier. So not easy but easier. And so that's one of the things that really helps is saying no to what I know that is really not going to bring me the happiness and the growth I really need personally, professionally, and spiritually, all the different aspects and really spending my time and energy where I really feel like it makes the most impact. I love that you're identifying that because after all these years of entrepreneurship, mompreneurship, which we Mm -hmm. were talking about before, I am discovering that a big part of true success is discernment and the ability to say no, even when it's a great thing, the good, the great, right? right? But it's like Mm -hmm. really getting clear on what is the best thing for you in these terms, what's best for you and your business and having 
the chutzpah to be able to like say no to everything else and mm-hmm. being able to prioritize that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what a lot of productivity and a lot of success boils down to is that ability to prioritize. We think we need more time in our day. We need to prioritize. Honestly, that's what we need to do. We need to spend our time on really what's most important. Going back to your original question, which I veered away from and we're coming back to, that's really the heart of how I was able to grow my business. First of all, I am 100%, maybe 150% passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I feel so incredibly excited about the direction that we are going. And I think that really conveys. And I think that my followers and the people who listen to my podcast or who buy my products, they feel that because I truly am invested in them. I do a lot of giving. I give, 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 give before I ask. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really important. So with my business, that whole six months where we're going without income and we're preparing for the launch, we have zero people in our email list. I didn't want to bring over my old company email list. I felt like that wasn't fair. Right. That's not what they signed up for. Right. And so I started with a list of zero. And I just really intentionally marketed what I was about on Facebook and you know, starting these advertising campaigns where I was really talking to them and giving to them. Going ahead and giving, giving, giving before I was even ready to launch. On launch day, we had about 500 orders. Wow. I had said to my husband not long before, okay, this is either going to be amazing and really good, or we're going to be living in our car. <laughs> you know, one or the other, and I'm not sure which. But that was the day where I felt like, okay, we're going to make it. My kids are going to eat because as I said, they do enjoy eating. From there, it was just this continued growth of really pouring into my customers, really making sure I was bringing the best of myself for them and saying no to so many other things. Because I feel like oftentimes we feel like opportunity only knocks once. And that's true. Maybe it does, but maybe it's not the opportunity for you. Mm. And it's that idea that we don't have to say yes to every... We don't have to open the door every single time opportunity knocks. Sometimes we have to say no because I filter everything through what I call my North Star, which is the mission, the vision, and the core values, it makes it so much easier for me to be able to say no. Because I can ask myself, does this fulfill the mission of what we do? Is this why I started this business? Does this fulfill where we want to go with the business? Does this fulfill something that is a core value for us? And if it doesn't, that's a very clean and easy no for me to say, even if it's a good opportunity. Um, and there have been great opportunities that have come our way that we've had to say no to. And sometimes that's hard, but ultimately that's what allows you to grow. That's what allows you to really focus and grow not just a business, but a brand that has an impact. And I think that's the big difference. I'm not running a company. I'm running a brand that is making a difference in the lives of women. And that's ultimately what I want to do. And that's what allows me to put my head on the pillow at night and feel really good about what I'm doing. I would love to hear a little bit more about... Oh my gosh, there was so much good stuff in there. Where do I want to focus here? (laughs) This is the one time where I'm like, so not prepared for the next question. I think it's really important to talk about the intentional actions, right? I'm really Mm -hmm. big. Every single you know, individual client that I've worked with and the Biz Women Art community at large, I'm really big on like, don't just take that marketing tactic because you see it and somebody else has been successful with it and go take the course on it and then go implement it. Like you really need to come up with the why, the what, the heart of who Mm -hmm. you are and your brand and what you're putting out there. And then 
let's create actual product service that is related to that. That's the extension of that. And then get into the intentional marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit now about one or two marketing strategies that you have that are driven by that intentionality? We hear a lot of times as businesswomen, we hear things like funnels and drip campaigns and all of those things. To me, that is really, it's, you know, it goes back to what we talked about earlier about your introduction to your customers or your clients. That is your chance to love on them. And that's your opportunity to nurture and grow a loyalty with them because there's a really big difference between a returning customer and a loyal customer. A returning Mm -hmm. customer is a customer who comes back again and again, which is great. But a loyal customer comes back again and again, regardless of price and regardless of competition. They are loyal to you. So when someone is introduced to you, as we said before, through the website or through email or whatever it is, that's your opportunity to love on them. And part of my mission is empowering women. So it's really easy for me to continually make sure I'm giving them and I'm offering things to them that I feel benefit them and help them lead the life that I think they truly want. One of my big beliefs with my business is that far too many women are overwhelmed by everything they have to do every day. And oftentimes they push aside their own goals and dreams in the pursuit of helping other people or because they don't feel like they have the time. So what I do is I make sure I provide lots of opportunities through downloads, through podcasts, through videos, through all different types of channels to have women really see that there are opportunities for them through drip campaigns or through things like this podcast that you're doing where you're offering something amazing for people to take in information for free. I think those are great opportunities for marketing and growing a loyal fan base who really understands what you're about. And I think today's customers are a lot smarter than they've been historically and that they care about who the face is behind the business. They care about what you believe in. They care about you caring about them. And I think that that goes really far. So we do a lot of free downloads. You know, with my podcast, we do several free downloads every season because I do my podcast in seasons. We do free downloads in email marketing. We do, like I said, free videos, free podcasts for them to listen to. And I make sure too that when they buy our products, like they buy a planner from us, it comes with a series of videos helping walk them through how to use the planner. And it's not just, oh, you fill out your date here and you do this. We start off by talking about what is your priorities? How are you living your life? Are your priorities sitting front and center? That's always been a big part. As I mentioned earlier, education was one of those top three things that was really important to me. So from the very beginning, it's been all about this education and servicing these women to show them that there is a better life out there. If you are wanting to live and lead a certain life, you can do that. I'm nothing special. I did it. You can do it. And so it's really about providing those tools to these women so that they can do it as well. It's not enough for me to live the life I want. I want other women to experience that same joy and that same happiness in their days because I think life is far too short to end our days feeling unsatisfied. Yeah. Amen, girl. Who preach. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you are connecting with this as much as I am because you, Tanya, and your business embody what I call a purposefully designed business. It's really about creating a business, i.e. a product or service that is born out of what your values are and how you really want to give to this world and how you can do it with abundance. And it doesn't have to be the struggle. It doesn't have to be the hustle. It can be 
you're really purposeful about that. And in 18 months with three employees, you can hit seven figures and keep on that trajectory, right? Right. And so it doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be years and years of struggle. Now, that being said, you absolutely alluded to and gave voice to the fact that, okay, you had a season before that, that was the struggle, right? And I feel like that's sort of part and parcel to a lot of business stories because we take those lessons and then we'll figure it out. That pain then fuels the clarity, that fuels the reason to get clear, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that everyone can understand, can you just go through and itemize out what you sell? How are you making money? What are your products so that people understand? Yeah. So when we started with that initial launch, we were mainly products. So selling planners, weekly planners, daily planners, meal planners, fitness planners, ways that I really wanted to use this as a vehicle to teach women about how they could be intentional with their days and with their time. So I wanted to have that product. And then, as I said, there's always been this secondary component of there were videos that come, and there still are, <laughs> I say were, but from the very beginning, we always had coaching videos that went alongside with our planners, really helping you understand how you want to live and how you want to use the planner. Because the problem with a lot of productivity systems is they expect the system to be at the center and you work your life around it. And I think it's the opposite. You and your priorities at the center and you work your productivity systems around that. So they yes. really fit you and the way that you want to live. Yep. So that was kind of our secondary vehicle was the education. And as we've continued to grow, so that's what allowed us to make money is we were giving away lots of free downloads, giving away lots of information. The videos were free, but you purchased the planner in order to make. That's how we made the money. And here's one of the things I want to say really quickly too, because the pricing and the money and that kind of thing can sometimes be a sticking point for people, especially if they are like me, a mission-driven business, a purposely built business. But you cannot put forth your mission. You cannot send that message forward unless you are making money. Because if you're not making money, you're having to spend time at a full-time job or you're having to do everything yourself. You can't outsource. You can't delegate. So you have to make money in order to really put forth good into the world. That's just, unfortunately, how the world works. You have to have a roof over your head. You have to be able to take care of your necessities so that you can then focus the majority of your time on building this impact. So we started off with mainly products and then we began to grow that by offering, we started doing the podcast, which is at the time of this recording, we're at about a hundred episodes of my podcast. Excellent. We've added in a component with videos that correlate with the podcast. So they talk about the same type of topics if you want to dive deeper, but not exactly the same topics. And so we began to grow a course So we have that also as a revenue stream. So I give away a lot of free content. I give away a lot of education through the podcast and through the videos. But I also have the course, which goes even deeper and is more hand-holding and is a little more beefy, I guess you could say. That is another source of revenue for us. So I'm now growing to the point where services and products are going to be about 50-50. And then eventually, you know, I might do even more service being a former teacher. It really is to me a lot about the light bulb moments I see when I'm speaking at events and I'm doing workshops and things like that. And I see these light bulbs light up in these women's eyes. Oh my gosh, I can do this. That for me is addictive. I just completely love that. I can see myself spending a little more time doing that and still continuing to have the products, but the business is continuing to grow and evolve as I am continuing to grow and evolve. That's what's really exciting is it's never stagnant. It's never static. It's always growing. 
What are you doing on a regular basis to make sure that you are continuing to stay in touch with the heart of who you are and how you want to put forth the good in this world through your business? How are you making sure that you have a direct line to what that evolution is? Yeah, that's a good question because as you evolve, you want to make sure you're still staying tethered to what's most important. So some of the things that I do is I constantly revisit my mission and my vision. And there are times where I'm tweaking it. At least once a year, I sit down and I do a little more intensive looking at what my mission is and what the vision is. Coming up next month, I do a two-day planning retreat with my husband where we go and I think through what I want to do for the coming year. And so I do that away from my children. I do it away from my home because I don't want to be tempted by laundry and all those exciting things like (laughs) dishes in the sink. So I literally go away. My parents will come and watch my children for me so that I can really dive deeply into where it is I want to go. And I think that's the difference is I'm not trying to spread myself so thin. I'm not stretching myself out. I'm very intentionally setting aside time to do that. And then once a quarter, I take a whole day. That is not as intensive. I don't go away from the house necessarily. I just take a day where I plan each quarter what I want to focus on. And then I bring my team in. And the people on my team, I ask my team for feedback. I don't care if they are part-time or full-time employees. I want my team to always feel like they have a, a say and they're making sure that we stay on track. They help hold me accountable. These are the things that I think we should do. Does anyone have any ideas? And we make it into a conversation. I think conversations are really important to have because those are opportunities for us to stretch ourselves in ways and to grow out of our comfort zone a little bit. So those are the ways that I really do it. I really make sure that I touch base at least once a quarter. And I do, like I said, that deeper dive towards the end of the year to really make sure that I'm staying focused and being true to who it is that I want to be and what I want this business to be. Yes. You know, and I love that organization of it with the quarterly check-ins and like an annual deep dive, right? Because I feel like life happens and it's only when... (laughs) Right? And I feel like unless we force ourselves into having that type of a schedule, life will happen and then we'll adjust, of course, especially if we're in this mindset. Like we adjust, we deal with it, we let things shift. But then what happens is we're relying on life happening in order to steer the ship, right? And in order to do that. What I love about this type of a setup is that you're really having like moments where it's very purposeful on making sure, let's check in. Where am I? Mm -hmm. Where's the company? Where do we need to go? How do I feel right now? What's going on? Life has been happening. So does this shift anything, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is I schedule it and I treat it like a doctor's appointment. It's not one of those things that's like, oh, you know what? I don't have time this quarter to... Listen, we never have time to take a whole day to do planning. When I talk about prioritizing, I have a priority method that I use. This is what's important. These are the tasks that are important, but aren't necessarily urgent. This is, you know, making your marketing plan, creating a budget, really spending time looking forward. Those are the areas where you're going to grow. You don't grow by putting out fires. You don't grow by dealing with email through half of your day. You grow by really thinking through where it is you want to go. How do you know the goals you want to set if you're not sure where you're going? Yes. Yes. So taking that time, scheduling it so that it feels, again, kind of like a doctor's appointment. It's a non-negotiable. I have to meet at least once a quarter with myself to really plan out where it is I want to go. I treat that really as something that is a priority at its heart because it is. And that's what keeps me tethered. And that's what keeps me anchored 
to what is most important. This would be a good time for me to ask you, at least right now in this particular season, what is that vision? Like, where do you really see Inkwell Press going? And where do you see you going? What is that next milestone or vision that you really are leaning into right now? Well, to be honest with you, next year is going to be a really exciting year for us because... Um, she's shining right now. I, I know you can't see her, but she's shining. I am very excited. <laughs> just literally lit up. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think this is a thing too that I love is that sometimes you don't know where your vision is going to take you. And so around this time last year was when I started really thinking about writing a book. And I have a book contract with HarperCollins and I will have a book coming out next year. And wow, that's been a goal of mine since I was in sixth grade. So that's one of those things where my husband's like, this is a life goal. Like, I can't believe this is a big, big life goal. And so it's so exciting when you start thinking about what are those really big life goals I want to accomplish? And then you begin to see them in sight. I'm not there yet. The book will be launching in the fall of 2019. And that is so so incredibly exciting. So right now I'm lining up and preparing for all of that. And it's, I mean, like you said, like, I'm so excited about it. It's hard to even talk. I'm Congratulations. That's a very big deal. Very, very <laughs> big deal. You. Thank you. I love it. I would like to get deeper on mm-hmm. how do you make into practice all of these great ideals? And so you just gave a really good example of quarterly meetings with yourself, mm-hmm. annual intensives, just to make sure you're on track. I'd really like to get to know a little bit more about how do you structure and prioritize your day, your week, your month? Because I think all of those are really awesome. And this is kind of the nitty gritty. Like, What is your daily priorities? What does that really look like? How do you structure your week? How are you making sure that this level of focus and intentionality really gets implemented in your day-to-day business, your day-to-day life when you've got teenagers and you have (laughs) teenagers who are dating like, you know, and you have a marriage, you work with your Mm -hmm. spouse. Like there's so much, right? Mm -hmm. And I know we all feel this. And so how do you make that level of focus and intentionality real in your everyday life? How do you structure your days, your weeks, your month? As I mentioned earlier, we do seasons on my podcast. My next season or the season that we're gearing up for now of the podcast is planning for success. How do you plan? How do you make sure that you are implementing these things on a regular basis? Because as you said, I have a teenager, I have a tween, I've got, you know, I started my, my business when they were just playing at my feet and now they've gotten really big and we're tackling new things like dating and oh my gosh, <laughs> and whatnot. To me, it really is important that it is intentional. Each month, at the end of the month, I sit down and I look at the monthly goals I've set for myself. And a lot of this is actually implemented through my planners. That's part of the reason why I love having a product like a planner where I really can show people like, this is what you do. So each month we have a check-in of what are the goals you want to accomplish each month. So you sit down and figure out what those goals are. At the end of the month, you go back over and you look at what went well, what didn't go so well. So what are springboards? What are things you want to shift and change? And then what I do is each week I sit down and I, I don't want to say I plan my weeks. I don't believe in planning like Thursday's events on Sunday. What I do is I like to sit down on Sundays with my family and I do it on Mondays for work. So I keep those very separate. Sunday is for family. Monday is for work. And I do essentially a brain dump and I call it my weekly kickstart. 
So I get the ideas out of my head and onto paper and I make a list. I don't worry about prioritizing it. I just get it out of my head. So it stops rattling around in my brain. And I plug in the big things like, you know, oh, I have an interview on a podcast or I've got, you know, a doctor's appointment or those things. And I, I just write those things out. And then I set that up next to my desk. Each day when I come in, the first 10 minutes of my day is spent planning that day and that day only. And I do that because it's so important that we have flexibility in our lives. Because as you mentioned, we have kids. You never know what's going to happen if a kid's going to throw up in the middle of the night or crawl into your bed at two in the morning and you're not getting any sleep if you're going to wake up with allergies. By planning each day as it comes, that gives you that flexibility for, you know what, today is a rough start. I'm going to make it a lighter day. And tomorrow I will do something else. But if you plan out every single day, once you get behind, oh girl, you're behind the rest of the week. And the whole week you feel that constant, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta get this done. I got to get, and you're just underwater. And that's yes. the worst feeling. So each day I sit down and I spend 10 minutes planning before I check email, before I check in with anyone else, that is my time to plug in my activities. And I prioritize them. I often tell people that I do not believe in to-do lists, that you should toss your to-do list. And instead, it takes the same exact amount of time to create a priority list. So I have three tiers in my priority list, immediate, important, and insignificant. And then I start at the top with immediate and I work my way down. I tell people a lot of times that overwhelm isn't having too much to do. It's not knowing where to start. And when you make a priority list, you start at the top and you work your way down. You know where to start. You know what to work on next. And you know it's accomplishable. There is a lot of empowerment in that. And having a day that is set just for that day, and then the next day, you worry about the next day. And the day after that, you worry about that day. And the whole time, I'm pulling what I want to get done from that weekly kickstart that I did, that brain dump that I did either on Sunday for family or Monday for work. And that's what I'm pulling from. Because that allows me to have that water in the wells. I'm not starting with a blank page. Yes, love it. Like, what should I be working on this week? What else? What else is there, right? Yeah. And I'm imagining that there's, as you're making those weekly kickstarts and Mm -hmm. doing that brain dump, you're pretty well in line with what your goals were for the month, right? So like they're kind of there with you. So it's sort of like, okay, what are Mm -hmm. all the things that have been rattling off in my head about in regards to hitting that goal? right? Yes, absolutely. So I'm looking at those goals and that's what's coming to mind when I'm doing my weekly brain dump where I'm purging the things out of my head, putting it down onto my weekly kickstart. I'm thinking about what are the things I want to accomplish this month? What are the goals? Oftentimes we get caught up in the idea that these goals are so big and gigantic. We just have to break them down, make them into bite-sized manageable pieces and to tackle them bit by bit by bit. Every day that you make a step closer to your goals, it means your goals are going to be accomplished. You work just a tiny bit. Yes. 1% difference each week means 52% difference at the end of the year. And most weeks, if you're working on your goals on a regular basis, you're going to do more than 1% in a week. You're going to be doing 5%, 10%. And that's how goals become accomplished. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness, Tanya, there's so much conversation we can continue to have, but I want to stop here because it's been so actionable. And it has been such a good refresher for myself and I know for you listening about how to even approach this. I think that's like the most important part. We just got into kind of the practical, which even you getting into the practical, oftentimes, I mean, I've had these conversations before, oftentimes getting into the practical, like here's step one, step two, step three about how to organize your day, your week, your month, your year. 
they can start to feel really overwhelming because, oh my gosh, like too many steps. Oh my God, I'm already behind. Yep. And even just in your description on that, the word that hits me is grace. There's focus and grace. That is one of my values is grace. Not just extending grace, but receiving grace as well. And I think that's where we struggle as women. We are good at extending grace to others and we are not good at receiving grace for ourselves. And so when we get behind, when we feel underwater, we are often so ungraceful to ourselves. We say the ugliest things to ourselves because we haven't done enough. We haven't worked hard enough. We didn't work longer. We didn't work harder. We didn't work faster. Oftentimes we forget about all the good that we've done and all the work we've done. So really breaking things down allows us that grace so that we can see what we've done. And that's one of the things that I love about planning is it allows us to see those breadcrumbs. We need that evidence. We need to be able to see where we've been so we can see where we're going. Yes. Ah, love it. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate you sharing some of your story and and how this is all cumulative in what you're really there putting out into the world and how that actually looks as a business and how to keep plugged into that. That's so much a part of this conversation. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.